Rembrandt's painting, The Return of the Prodigal Son, offers us a glimpse at what mercy looks like. Do we dare to look? Welcome to the Spiritual Father Podcast. I am Father Adam Carrico, and this homily was recorded on March 31st for the fourth Sunday of Lent, 11 a.m. Mass at St. Patrick Catholic Church, Louisville, Kentucky. As always, thank you for listening. Enjoy. Laetare Sunday, meaning rejoice, and so we rejoice on this, the fourth Sunday of Lent, in recognition that Lent is halfway over. So, goody. Almost halfway to, to Easter, uh, but it also is a recognition that Lent is only halfway over, and that there is another half of Lent to go, plenty of time to, uh, to dive into whatever spiritual uh, journey that you desire to, to, to be on during this holy season, uh, to grow in the ways in which God is, is calling you to grow. And so um, it is often said that God works most uh, or is capable of working most at the very final moments. And so there's plenty of time left for God to work in your lives, each and every one of you, and, uh, and Lent isn't quite over just yet. And so I, I do have a, a recommendation um, based on our, uh, on our gospel for today. But first, I, I, there's some confusion, some confusion, uh, and I remember for, for, in my own life, the confusion about we, there's Gaudete Sunday and then Laetare Sunday. And if, the, according to the liturgical calendar, they're in alphabetical order. So G becomes for L. And I was explaining that to someone before the 8.30 Mass. They were like, well, which, which is it? And I was like, well, it's Laetare Sunday because G before L and Advent before Lent. And they're like, or, you know, Laetare and Lent because they both start with L. <laughs> I was like, that's true. I do overcomplicate things, don't I? So uh, let's go with that. So Laetare and Lent, both starting with L. So, uh, but they mirror one another, Gaudete being halfway uh, through Advent, Laetare halfway uh, through Lent. Our, our gospel for today uh, is a, a gospel in which there is much rejoicing on the part of, of the Father, on the return of the younger son. And this is a, a gospel that's well known to, to most of us, if not all of us. Uh, we have heard this uh, time and time again. Uh, but perhaps we may uh, look with fresh eyes upon it once more uh, to ask God what God may be calling us to understand from that. It is often called the parable of the prodigal son uh, because the, the younger son, the wayward son, as it were, uh, plays such a central part in that. Uh, but some recognizing that it wasn't to the sinners that Christ addressed this parable. The gospel is pretty specific. Christ addressed this parable to the Pharisees, those who were calling Christ out for his hypocrisy, for eating and dining and just hanging out with sinners. So the gospel is being directed towards the Pharisees, those who think that they are good and righteous and have nothing to worry about, really, ultimately, have no need for God's mercy anyways. They are good to go. And so Christ addresses this parable to them, and so some have uh, instead called it the parable of the two sons. Others, going a step further, recognizing that after all, really, it's the father who's the central figure of this 
of this parable, his mercy, his, his unfathomable ability to offer forgiveness uh, to both sons, that uh, they, they have named it instead the parable of the forgiving father, the merciful father. But no matter how you look upon it, it is, it's a parable that is filled with uh, detail and, and imagination, a capacity for us to, to enter into that scene. And to help, and this is where the recommendation begins to come in, uh, there is a, a painting of this scene that is here in our, our church. It is kept in a, a dimly lit corner that some are afraid to go to at times, but I hope that many of you have seen this painting at, at some point and, and to prove to you that I can go into that room and come out okay. <laughs> I'm going to go in here. I'm going to get the painting. It smells like mercy. <laughs> scary room. It's very scary. So here's the painting. It's kept in there, and so I, I gaze upon it. Here, they, they told me earlier that I didn't give people an opportunity to see, so I'm going to be like, uh, what's her name? Savannah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm going to walk around, and you can all see. So this is uh, the return of the prodigal. Now, who knows who painted the return of the prodigal? That's right, Rembrandt. Rembrandt. Rembrandt the choir, too. Deacon. Servers. Okay, everybody's seen it, except you in the back. Hint. Come forward. No. It's a beautiful painting, The Return of the Prodigal. There is a book by the same title, The Return of the Prodigal. If you get your phones out now, I won't look at you and glare. You can look it up. It's by Henry Nowen. It's a wonderful book. It's very short. If you get it, you can finish it before the end of Lent. And, uh, and he goes through... This painting, he, he just kind of gazes upon it. It's like he's talking to you as you both are sitting there looking at the painting. And one of the things that Henry Nowen points out, that at first I thought, you're crazy. What are you talking about? But Henry, he, he says there's six people in this painting. I'm like, okay. I know that this person here, this person over here, they're a little hard to see, so, I mean, maybe that's who he's talking about? I don't quite get, but that's only five. There's actually a person up here as well. person hidden in the shadows up in the corner. It may be because of the, the soot, the ash of, of years that often happens with canvas, uh, oil on canvas. Uh, but there's a, a person up here that probably was intended to be a little shadowy, a little behind the scenes. And Henry suggests that perhaps maybe, well, that's the mother, the one we don't really hear about. Maybe she is there waiting in the, the, the background, wondering what is going to become of her family. Here, these two sons are at odds with one another. The one has finally come home, and she's uncertain about what just will happen with her loved ones. And so she's back here, kind of anxiously waiting to see what will become of this. The other two figures, there's not too much to say about them, these two over here, but they certainly are just looking. They're just kind of looking at the scene. They're not really participating. They're just kind of, well, like many of us, standing back and 
probably making some judgments about what's going on, about what they see before them. There's the older son. He's actually in the house, after all. Uh, so he did come in, which is good. But he certainly has a look of, well, frustration, if, if nothing else. He's over here. And he's looking upon this scene of mercy, which is the main part of the painting. And I often look upon this as I'm sitting in the confessional, and Henry makes the, the analogy that the, the younger son, having no hair, having shorn his hair off in his, in his poverty, uh, looks like a newborn child in his father's arms. So as I sit there in the confessional, waiting for people to come in and receive that great mercy of our father, I think of that, me having no hair either, uh, residing peacefully in the arms of the Father in heaven. And so, all of these figures, all of them except the Father, really are quite caught up in their own world. The mother, the, the two onlookers, the older son, the younger son, they're kind of caught up in their own reality. The only person who's really giving, who's really interacting, who's really uh, acknowledging fully the other person is the Father. He is bestowing a blessing upon him. He is so very glad that his son has returned home. And many of us need that. We need to recognize that God, our Father in heaven, arms wide open, desires to invite us back home again. And we, for our part, well, we're here. Father Jeff often welcomes us home. We are here, after all. Uh, there are some who are not here. Maybe they had another wild weekend of dissipation and are not able to be here this morning. Maybe they're in Daytona having all kinds of fun. Hopefully they find a church down in Daytona. But, uh, but they, they may not, and that's, that's where they're at. But many of us are actually the older son when it comes down to it. Many of us are very quick to, to look at others and to see how wayward they are. And yet we are stuck in that. We're easily stuck in that, looking upon others and questioning God's mercy for them. Truth be told, I think we all have a little bit of the older son, a little bit of the younger son in us. That tension that exists in our lives, knowing that we are in great need of God's mercy, and yet a little resentful at the same time. The younger son, he has seen freedom. He's found the courage to actually come home and beg forgiveness. The older son is so caught up in himself and his resentment perhaps maybe even thinking, why does he get to be forgiven? I have done so much. I have been here all this time. What have I been given? God, what have you, what have you held back from me? In the end, it's not a calculation. In the end, the older son doesn't look upon the younger son and think, well, I don't have as much mercy because the father has given the younger son so much the father's mercy is boundless open arms for each and every one of us
So may we have the courage to be like, well, that newborn child. As Paul says in his letter, to be a new creation. To spend this Lent opening ourselves vulnerably to that reality of who we are called to be. Children of God in the loving arms of our Father in Heaven. have enjoyed this homily and have gained something from it. For more from Spiritual Father, please visit spiritualfather.org where you will find other homilies, blog articles, social media posts, as well as links to various projects. Thank you for the support. May our Lord and Savior bless you this day and every day to come.